starting. Hello everybody, Kind here. I'm back again with TJ. We've got a little bit of a darker topic today. Um, today we're going to be going over redlining. Yeah, segregation at its finest. Okay, so this whole problem, it, it started several years ago back in the 1930s, especially back in 1934 is when they really paved the way for this. The whole bill was created to uh, pave the way for middle-class Americans to have households. It was just a disparity of like households and they needed them, so they subsidized people to build white America up. This obviously left out minorities and poor that like couldn't afford the even you know afford even these subsidized houses, and just created a bigger rift between the two. The Federal Housing Administration used its power to create unequal housing opportunities so that people in like white class middle America had an easy chance to buy up any house in the good neighborhoods, but minorities and poor just didn't have the option. Yeah, they, as I said, they subsidized these buildings, uh, giving construction workers uh, less uh, requirements and uh, more uh, funding if they uh, didn't build minority neighborhoods. Like, so this was taken away from minorities from the get-go. Not only the big problem of disparity of money into the grading system, which we're about to get into, but the fact that they legitimately were not building neighborhoods for people of color. In general, the poor were getting barely anything, but the people of color were just getting treated like nothing. And that it's just okay to stay in these substandard houses that were, you know, built however many years ago, decades ago. Yeah. And so these houses and these neighborhoods are still there to this day. They had a grading system, A through D. Uh, the rich, of course, would be seen as A, maybe a B plus, but most of the time middle class would receive the C plus or the B rating. And poor whites can maybe get like C minus, but D was reserved solely for people of color and other minorities. They were seen as more risky and less likely to be able to pay back or, you know, it was just not seen in a good light to like lend money to these people. So they wouldn't get loans or mortgages. I mean, this caused mass poverty to a whole group of people into current times. This is a lot like made it so that no matter what moves a person of color made, they would not be able to economically get footholds in this culture because it's based on loans and profits are not as easy to acquire, especially as a person of color. No, and they'd be paying more interest on these loans. There'd be higher chances of their houses drop in value if they did get one and then just make the loan unvaluable. Well, they wouldn't even get a loan. That's the whole yeah. horrible process. And if they did get a loan, it would be outlandish if you even, if, even if there was anyone that actually did give someone a loan in this time, not only would white America look at them like, wow, look at you, what are you trying to do different? But that person would have already been screwed on that loan as well. Even if there was some kind of sense of trying to help a person of color, they still would have handed the they would have got the, the heavier side of the stick than a, you know, a poor white person would have. Um, it, it's, it's actually sad because uh, po black populations have seemed to be around 28% of the community's renting groups. And, you know, um, they, 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 the, you know, it's been said that uh, it's all people of color. Like, I mean, if there's only 15 to 13% people of color on our country currently, 
and we probably had like a seven-ish, eight percent back then. You got to think about how big twenty-eight percent is when you normalize that. And just gave nobody a good chance for a future if they, you know, even tried going to C or B neighborhoods. It would just it would have been much better for them to get into, but the chances of them actually being able to move up into these better neighborhoods was just next to none. Yeah, and, um, you know, like, there was no chances for a good future, no matter how you look at it, no matter what you were born into, you were born into trash in this sense. Uh, you know, B and C neighborhoods even, even the a B minus or a C minus neighbors could be seen as a huge step up in quality of life. You had access to water, you had access to food, supermarkets, these communities have lesser and lesser access to all human needs. It's not just parks and recreational needs. These neighborhoods have bad water. These neighborhoods have bad land. Every part of these was redlined off as properties that were not seen fit for an average white person to live in. It's not that they just said, oh, we're going to give this land to the, the people of color. They legitimately took the worst land and gave it to the people of color. They, they, that's what the whole redlining process was. It was not just based on minorities already living there, but looking at places where they could put minorities. Just limiting all of the service they could have, even sometimes going as far as like hampering the education that's nearby. Yeah, and they didn't even have the economic wealth or opportunity in education either. The, the school systems in our country get taxpayer money from their district. So anyone in these redlining districts are already screwed from the get-go. Their teachers are screwed. They're, anyone working there is screwed. And it's just it, – it sucks because not only that, but the wealthy are also prospering from the construction of these neighborhoods. So the people that made these neighborhoods and passed these money, no one's questioning the fact that these people still own these lands. They have passed these lands on. These former-owned lands were not owned by the people of color. They were renting and like still being used like not and abused in multiple ways. It wasn't just a simple, oh, you can live in this crap land. It's yours. It, it, this isn't a Native American reservation. I'm not proud of those either. But they don't even own these lands. You know, They don't get to decide what's going on. They, they, I, I feel like they've taken it even a further level than what they did with Native Americans. It is such a, such a disgusting, tricky way of making money. No, and even, you know, this happened what, 80, 90 years ago now, and there's still effects of it around today. Yeah. Um, it still lingers. It's still, um, it's, uh, it doesn't matter, like, how uh, much we try until we get some real people towards fixing redlining, it's going to be bad so it was determined terminated back in the 1968 so in the early or end of the 1960s around the 70s we started like actually seeing the disparity of it and you know the thing is i don't understand is yes we uh we we did this but these 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 neighborhoods still remain in poverty today the people still suffer from that policy they don't know anything about this they may not even know they're suffering from redlining they may not actually understand that a hundred years ago, we screwed them before they were even born. And just eliminating all these services and just beneficial things that the nicer neighborhoods have just kept them where they are. Exactly. You know, we, uh, we basically 
have had all of these leaders since the time that we decided to do the Fair Housing Act, and not a single one of them has bothered to even look back into this. Not a single one of them. They were just like, oh, it's fixed. It's done. We put a bill in, and now and then, and then it's taken until 2021, the last election, and the election prior to that before with Obama to look into these problems. Uh, Kamala Harris is also looking into this, and Joe Biden. But Trump undid every single little thing that Obama did towards this. He made some housing uh, regulations that would help somewhat just take care of the disparity behind of all this and you know uplift the people that are really suffering from it. And of course, Trumpy comes in and removes all that. And I, I just I don't know what to do because every time we have a leader that wants to fix these problems and they start making steps, if they don't just throw all their money right away at this problem, someone's going to undo this. And it's going to take like 100 years to really fix these neighborhoods in my mind. And that's going to be, what, 20-some presidents or so, right? And are they – do we have to have a black or, you know, Mexican president to get some real fixes if it's white? Is it just going to destroy the country again? Every time we put a person who's white in presidency, are they going to do this crap? I would certainly hope not, but it seems like the only people that are actually pushing any help are not white. No, that's a problem. It's a big problem. Um, you know, I, I, I don't understand why everyone's blaming general people when the people that are in power are not making any moves. And if they do, they, if they do make moves, then they're highly criticized. Like our vice president right now, highly criticized. People are calling her foolish and idiot. And she's just trying to make change for people that have been damaged. She's just trying to fix this and find a solution. I mean, she's got a, a, a bill she's just been she's been working on, and it's got a hundred billion to reserve redlining. But this hundred billion dollars, unless she puts this right into the system right away, is not going to cause immediate fixation for these people. And then even then, trying to get in right away can still take the government, you know, a few years to do. Well, look at the stimulus checks. I mean. Gosh, it took um, nine months to get us, uh, what, 600 bucks? Yeah. So, you know, this redlining bill is going to take a couple decades to actually go. And, you know, the next Republican or, you know, big, white, powerful man that gets in, he's going to change it all. He's going to remove all of this. He's going to remove all that money. And he's going to put it back into white people's hands. And that's just so disgusting to me just so counterintuitive to solving the issue so this bill that we're talking about right now thankfully it's it's still in effect we got about four to eight years hopefully we vote him back in for another you know election um it targets those who have lived in these places for at least 10 years i mean they're trying not to allow you to just buy into a redlining neighborhood and get a bunch of money for doing so that's not the point we're trying to make here we're trying to actually uplift the people who are suffering from this economic damage like the, these people have been living there their whole life they may not know it they're going to get a two thousand five hundred dollar down payment to cover the rest of their housing or they're going to get cost assistance to their house uh there's 400 uh, roughly 400 million households within redlining areas to this current date they're not changed they're not fixed they're still in these neighborhoods and we're still using these maps to go and actually fix these places so there's also the Community Reinvestment Act, which is requiring banks to make 
investments to these low-income neighborhoods and try and, you know, help uplift them some more, give them some more options, like making some home loans or supporting small businesses for these people. Yeah, so as long as we can get some extra money back in there, um, we need to get school systems rebuilt. Uh, it's not just a – this isn't just a pe- person of color uh, problem. This is a poor person problem. We need to go in all poverty neighborhoods that are – you know, they've all been red light. That's the thing that people don't understand. We, we try to target this as one-sided when it's a very, very generalistic attack on poor people. It doesn't – they don't care what color you are. They farm it against uh, uh, you and me against each other and other people against each other. But at the end of the day, they're all just trying to make money off of us. And it's just sickening. It's really sickening that we don't put more money into these communities. We have it and we want to invest it into like opera halls and big stadiums and all this money going into football and sports. And I love sports and I love all these places that we put money into. But there's a problem that I – yeah, what? Oh, it's just funneling money into these already nice districts that already have all these nice amenities and services. Yeah, they already have everything already. We don't need to give them more. You're already prosperous. You're better than 90% of the world in your own environment. You can walk out and enjoy privilege. Like, not white privilege, just rich privilege, class privilege. The, The White privilege sucks, but I'm talking overall rich privilege here. Rich privilege is 10 times worse than white privilege in my mind. White privilege is there, yeah. You know, when people don't get the same punishments as a person of color, which, gosh, man. But economic privilege is not just for one group of people. You know, we got we, we tend to forget that because there's a lot, of, a lot of white leadership. But they've passed on that power to a lot of people. And disparity just hurts everyone on the bottom. Everyone of, you know, the lower class. Yeah, we, we, we legitly have no justice for the poor on this planet. We, we, we make little bumper sticker charity donations. Oh, here's a couple thousand bucks. But is that going to really fix that kid You know that this person has? Is that going to fix their generation? I, I, I put a couple bucks in, and that's going to go back to Wally World. You know, I put a couple bucks in, and that goes back to Mac Shack. I put you know, a good school in. I put a good grocery store, and I start fixing the pavement and the roads, and I start – fixing their economy and their culture and trying to bring more towards like the poor people in general, people of color, anyone who's been marginalized and attacked, that's a real fix. That's real justice. That's damaging the root problem. Redlining attack the whole system. If you don't attack the whole system, you're not going to provide fix. Money didn't do this. Money was the reason for this, but it was really changing the whole structure to provide power. The power was removed from people of color and the poor in this situation. So money is not going to provide them with the sources. Providing power and economic worth in their neighborhoods is the only fix of this. Because that's what they did. They sapped them from that. And the only fixation is bringing it back. Increasing it is, you know, the value of these neighborhoods is going to significantly help these people. More services would come in. Yeah, more people would want to do business. More people would feel like it was a better place to show up. Um, it, it, it's it's allowing these places to stay and remain the way they are. That concretes the damage for these people in my mind. It, it, it's 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 a. Uh, not only does it affect the people that live there because they feel bad from it, but it just showcases what 
America really thinks of them. And it's really disgusting. These movements, they have a place in this discussion. They, 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 the reason why they're needed is because of this cruelty that is really hidden. Most people would not see this kind of stuff. It's been, no, it's very not talked about among, you know, many social circles. You know, they might talk about like, oh, you know, the low income housing, housing is over there. And that's where you go if you don't have, you know, much money. But they don't talk about how those areas don't have supermarkets or very many banks or just, you know, any kind of nice service. They just don't and have it just, wealth. Nothing. And that gets me to the next point. You know, our approach to this problem this podcast, this this talk, this is about as much as I can do right now as a as a person. Like I can't go out there with a hundred million dollars, hundred billion dollars, so I don't got that to fix these problems. But I can spread some awareness. I can help show people that there is people fighting this problem. There is a problem to be fought. There is still segregation to some extent, and it needs to go away. To inform people that there is history on this. Why some of the problems poor face in our current society. These are big problems that we need to bring to the front. It's not just as simple as a sticker that black people are held down. No, why are black people held down? Why are Hispanics held down? Why are the poor held down? There is a story that we're not talking about all the time, and you, it can get lost in context and lost in translation. But at the end of the day, if you can hear the historical roots, then we can really start fighting the problem. You can't fight the problem if you don't know the history of it. It's like all these weights or shackles were just placed on these neighborhoods. These people are still have just been told, you don't have that anymore. We fixed that. You can just, you know, pull yourself up. Exactly. And you wouldn't, it, you wouldn't even see these invisible shackles. There's so much against a person of color, economically, uh, educationally, just in pure livelihood in this country. There is less opportunity for this person because of the systems that are still in place. You got the three strikes laws and the war on drugs still. The problem that I have is from the 1980s and on, they got all like crazy and have this rhetoric that hasn't been changed. And no leader in this country gives a crap. They, they say what they need to say, they get elected, and then they go and they live their life and no one actually fixes things. As much as I criticize some of the movements in some sense, there is definite need for that. We we have to have a, a, a we have to have a discussion about this. There's far too many of these politicians just making promises to get elected and then doing the barest minimum to show their support for those promises. Exactly. So, um, final thoughts is stuff like it, it's baffling to me that we even came up with these like ideas, like redlining. It just doesn't make any sense. Like segregation and how it's still ties so heavily into american culture and people act like it's not there like they just pretend or they shy away from it or our leaders cover it up or the news doesn't actually cover the reality that's why this podcast is important is that there is problems that we don't talk about no it's just terrible that you know this is something that started almost a century ago it lasted for 30 years, and it's still just having this much of an effect, keeping this many people down. It's just sickening. It, it, I mean, since they're, 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 we haven't fixed this since the 1960s. 
we tried and then we gave up on it. I swear. Like we, we were just like, oh, okay, I guess that built fixed it. And then they slap like, a band-aid on it. Slap a band-aid. And then forty years later we return to look at it and there's still unequi you know, unequity in the damage to the, the, the port. Like these neighborhoods may not be redlined anymore, but they're still redlined. It's like, yeah, you might destroy the act. You might not allow banks to do this crap, and there might not be a federal housing program that's doing this crap. But at the end of the day, we never fix the problem. The economic value of these neighborhoods was just totally destroyed. It's like having a giant just, hole in your house, and you never fix yeah, it, and you just yeah, complain recover. about the draft, and you're just like, yeah, well, I guess that's what it is. I, I, I have all the tools to fix my house, but I'm just going to sit here and look at this hole. Oh, no. We put a band-aid over it, but it's still there. Exactly. And I just, it just sucks. We finally get a woman of color in office. And it's her move to fix things. We're, and Obama was, you know, target on the problem was also ruined by a white leader. Will this be the same every time? Will we have to have these kind of people in? I, I know I've already brought this up, but like, is something really heavy on my mind? Do we really and need to actually specifically have movements to get on white candidates into the office to get real fix for the poor and the people of color because white and even then if it just keeps flipping back and forth how long will it be before some of these issues actually get solved you know if we get two or three years of it working now and then it stops for four years and then another two or three years of it working exactly you know they, they they're just going to keep putting landslides in it based on their political values and who they're trying to speak to and it's just like, we really need a new situation around our leadership because we can't have these leaders constantly putting Band-Aid fixes, saying, nah, that's not the right color Band-Aid, throwing a new Band-Aid on it, then pulling it off, putting a new Band-Aid on it. That's not helping anybody. You know, they're going to attack, this next, the next leadership's going to attack everything that we just did progressively. And then it's just going to be another uphill battle trying to get it back. It's just so hopeless well that's why i was like can we actually offer any hope, hope towards the future should we rush to spend our cash you know it might be filthy to look like if we're just spending it but even if if, if we can just give a bunch of money out maybe that could help out. maybe we could go fix these communities fast like in the next six years we could have some real growth there but it seems seems so far out of reach with the state of the current U.S. Congress and other systems to be. Well, they're working towards it. It really comes down to the moral responsibility of the U.S. government looking into policies to clear segregations of minorities in our country. Like, they legitimately have the need to put anti-segregation laws on the table. It needs to be re-advised, and if you're being... Like this. They need to own up this it own up to this issue that they, you know, started or at least instigated. You know, almost a century ago. Well, we're coming up on time. Um, last thoughts are: I hope we can fix this. I plan to spread awareness in multiple different clips from this. Uh, I hope everyone's took something from this. I, 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 I. That's all I'm trying to do here. I might have been a little controversial. Excuse any words that I use that might have insulted anything. I, I, I'm trying my best to be educated and trying my best to understand a problem that was way before my time. 
I just want to and speak on it and bring awareness. Sorry, what were you saying, bro? Oh, and feel free to go educate yourself and find your own resources for this. Yeah, join our cause. Help us out. If you, if you feel strongly as we do, jump in on this. Get something out there. The world has ears. You know, um, I would just, this is the only thing that a normal person can do. You know, you could post on Facebook or you could make a podcast that could reach way more people. Your Facebook's going to be your inner circle most likely, right? My podcast is going to reach people like you, people who don't even know who I am. But that's the point. You help me like this, you help yourself. You help the cause. This is real justice. This is real helping. This isn't just charity here. This isn't just a small fix. If You know, I'm going to leave this up permanently. It's not going. It's got to have everyone on board to fix this. It's got to have everyone on board. Anyway, everybody, we got no time left. So thank you for tuning in. Um, the next episode will be out at some point. Uh, have a great day. Good talking to you.